When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a couple of thoughts from the weekend, Bucks. I just thought I'd have a look at uh, a couple of the winners and, and losers and without going over old ground with the Bucks stops here, I just thought the Dinosaur Dogs was the biggest winner of the weekend for me. And when I say that, the scepticism that, and we spoke about it last week and asked you the question, could they possibly wheel out the four tools in this forward line? It's like nothing we've ever seen, I think. Um, but it just seemed to work on the weekend. Now, granted, it was against North Melbourne the opposition weren't that strong, but the chemistry and synergy they had and the positioning of the forwards worked. Now, at times, one of them was on the bench, um, but Eugle Hagen and Norton, I mean, they can roam freely to the logos and get up the ground and use their athleticism and speed. Eugle Hagen's improved a lot, and you can tell, and, and that sort of happened in the back half of last year while Dob, uh, Lobb and, and Darcy can play closer to goal. Darcy's courage in the air is something we're going to be talking about this year. There's a moment he, he ran back with a flight of the ball um, in the third quarter, I'm going to say, and then took a really strong contested mark up the other end in the forward line. He's just perhaps the most unique player in AFL history. Now, that's a, a big statement, but has there ever been a 205, 208-centimetre forward or swing position player like him? I can't think of one. And, and, we've, and we're only just seeing the, oh, yeah, dipping the toe in, aren't we? Frightening. So, and then, and then the flow-on effect for Tim English because Lob can do all of the forward half ruck work. English can rest. He doesn't appear to have a big engine. He can rest behind the ball, but he's also an excellent player. You know, mobile ruckman who can mark the footy behind the ball. So it just gives them options. Uh, I thought it's a, it's a great story. Uh, round one against Melbourne. You know, Melbourne's defence. We've spoken about already. How they're going to combat that? I, I think it was. I think that was the biggest winner over the weekend. So the Dino Dogs won to watch. Uh, this week. Uh, winner number two was the Tap Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Yep! <laughs> They're not going to get six goals, Bucks, out of them. And you, you touched on it as well. But the luxury of having Gorn in particular around the ground. Like, often Melbourne just go long from a kick-out to Gorn. Like, almost to the logo with the new kick-out rule. And his ability to present... He took four contested marks on the weekend. But even if he doesn't, to your point, just to have that predictability to go there. And then around the ground, the target down the line, he's, you've got him the number one player in the game. He may be the most selfless player in the game as well. He's to, a to put, yeah, he's a put his ego aside. Do you think that um, – but he's, he's done, he did that with Jackson in 21. Do you think that, um, that, that Melbourne's concept of this is that for – for Max Gorn to be as valuable and as damaging as he possibly can be for us, he's better being a 60%, 65% Ruckman than he is being an 80 to 85% Ruckman. Mm, probably. So we need so we need the second guy to come in and be able to provide that structure. And, and it's not just a pretty interesting second banana, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's an elite player in his own right, Brody Grundy. But does it, does it just mean that Max Gorn is even better? With with a few more rests and and more impact, 
Well, he was on the weekend. Four contested marks. He had 11 score involvements in a great display. Uh, you touched on this as well. We didn't compare notes before, but Crow's the contest king. So they're better than most people think, Adelaide. Uh, they're not going to finish bottom six. I reckon they'll challenge for the eight. Uh, they win contests. They tackle and pressure as good as anyone. They're a tough team. Like you, you come to Adelaide this year and play the Crows, you know it's going to be a hard-fought one. And a few teams got surprised by them last year. I remember Carlton coming here and, and getting smacked. Rankin laid six tackles. Rankin's never good laid sign. six tackles in his life. I looked at his numbers. Never laid six in his life. And in a practice game, Isaac Rankin is laying six tackles. So it is infectious, and they were my third biggest winner of the weekend. Quickly ripped through a couple of losers. The, the woeful Weagles, they were they were awful at West Coast. Hard to watch. The chip-chip, that rubbish ball movement's back. Adam Simpson said on Thursday, we underperformed at home. We want to get the fans back and give them something to cheer about. That's a priority for us. Well, no Eagles fan is going to turn up to watch that rubbish. 116 marks for 51 points, 351 disposals, and they went inside 55 times in the first quarter. So uh, he's got some issues. Gaff and Kelly, two big, highly paid players, six and seven kicks respectively. So issues everywhere at the Eagles. Number two loser from the weekend, the Essendon Echo. Let's have a listen to Andrew McGrath. I think just uh, stick the course. Um, we're improving every day. We're working really hard um, in the four walls and every day of training. And um, our best football is not going to come um, straight away. We're going to improve every every game. We've got a very young list um, that's only going to get better with experience and, and games together. So just be, be a little bit patient and, and we'll bring the results, hopefully. I've heard that same audio from that same player multiple times. Less talk, more action from Essendon, please. Yeah, right. it's um, it's and and I think it's difficult as a leader to stand up consistently in front of that performance in 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 the background. And once again, it is only it is only early. The, the, we'll know a little bit more about we the heard it last year, four, though. four to six. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But we've got a new coach, and we've got a new a new. Yeah, you know, style and a potentially a new uh, concept to put together. It's gonna it's gonna take us four to six weeks to know what the Dons are gonna do in in twenty three. Um, but we know that this isn't a three month fix. This is a three year fix. The Essendon Echo loser number two, and lastly the heavy handed holding the ball. So I look, it's a concern that the league is disincentivising players from winning the football, and some of the decisions. Oh, you're a gasket at one of them. On the weekend in the game that you did, you was it? Did he pay? Hold, did they pay holding the ball for that? Okay, and you just sort of question how hot it was, and there was multiple examples of that over the weekend. So if you want to reward the tackler, they're just going to sweat off the player going for the ball, and the one that is trying to actually win it and put their head over it um, doesn't have an incentive to do so. So I'm waiting for official confirmation from the AFL because no one speaks, no one from the umpiring department speaks. There's no footy boss. What is going on with holding the ball? Because clearly we are much hotter on it now than we were um, in the finals and, and last year. Joining us now on Hawthorne Membership Day. As I said, you can get a free upgrade on your Hawthorne membership today. Join now at hawks.team forward slash SEN. The 26th best player in the competition according to the Herald Sun this morning. And the new Hawthorne c- captain is our next guest, James Sicily. James, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks guys. Good morning. 
I was in, really impressed on Thursday because I, I thought it could have gone one of two ways. There was the risk that it may have got really ugly, particularly on the back of the previous week against Geelong and, and the ease of which Collingwood were waltzing out of centre bounce. But your team respond, responded really well, James. What, what impressed you most from, from that last hit out? Yeah, it could have really. Um, I think they scored three goals relatively quickly. Um, so we were really happy with the way that we were able to, to fight back and not um, sort of let that happen again. And I think we ended up being in front at some point in the first quarter after a pretty poor start. So for a young, for a young side like ours to, to rally together and not get too, um, I suppose, bothered uh, by the situation and, and, and fight back was something we were pleased with. So in your um, in your role, James, I suppose as as newly minted skipper, is there did it, have you feel any different in those situations where you know the team was rely you know, relying on a little bit of leadership, relying on a little bit of direction at times when it wasn't going that well like real early in the game? What what was your feeling in uh, in, in contribution in those moments? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really important with the amount of Sort of inexperienced that guys like um, Frosty and myself down back um, sort of stay relatively composed um, and not get um, too carried away with what's happening because that can be a little bit unsettling for um, some younger guys in the team. So I think just putting on a brave face and saying, no, nah, it's going to be okay. This is what we need to do. Let's just grind it back. Let's focus on some immediate short-term things and get it back on our terms. So, um, yeah. Not getting too too phased by what's happening. I've, there's so many questions that that I want to ask off the back of that. Obviously, you've lost um, a lot of leadership and experience out of the squad in the last couple of years, so that's going to be a challenge for your leadership group. But the the one I really want to ask is you, as an individual, how how have you been able to get to to the point where you're at right now, where you wear your heart on your sleeve as a player? You, you have great passion and will to win, clearly, and you ha- hold your, yourself to really high expectations. How have you gone along the journey of balancing that up for the betterment of the team? Yeah, I've had so much help and investment by a lot of good people at Hawthorne. Um, I think, in a nutshell, to put it shortly, I, we did an exercise with Ben Crow, and it essentially was about self-discovery and why you are the way you are. So figuring out myself first and what triggers me and, and leads me down that road of um, frustration. Um, so getting a better understanding of myself and being able to channel it uh, was something that um, I was able to sort of realise doing this program that we did as a whole footy club. I think it was about four or five years, four years ago, I think. Mm. Well, I think that's pretty amazing, mate. Do you, do you want to share it? Is it? I know it's a pretty open public forum, but was there was there one thing that stood out to you that you were able to get to? Um, oh, most of it sort of. So it was in it was in in groups, um, and really it was about being vulnerable and sharing your, your life story, and um, sometimes just the way of sharing things that um, sort of you get things off your chest, and it's a little bit of a weight off your shoulders without going into too much detail, but. Yeah, it was it was a pretty vulnerable environment. We all embraced it and um, supported each other, and we got to learn um, a lot about each other along the sort of six to seven weeks that we were doing it. Is there sceptics when you do things like that? The, the, the sceptic might say, 
how is this going to help us be a better footy team? But it feels like clubs are buying into this more and more. Yeah, no, there definitely is. But I'm I'm of the notion that if it's going to help and the people that are in charge think, think that it's going to help and it's important, then I'm willing to give it anything to go, really. I want to ask you about, you know, just where you see the club. You signed a five-year contract partway through last year and then you would have witnessed... I guess the the carnage of the trade period and and the exodus of senior players. You're 28 years of age, and then you think, well, at the end of that five year deal, I'm going to be 33. So I'm a Hawthorne player for life. Do you think you're capable of winning a premiership in that five years? And how did you dissect the news, considering you have committed long term at your age to this footy club? Um, yeah, I, I, even if I if I signed the deal post-trade period, I, I still would have done it. I feel like I'm very indebted to, to Hawthorne, and I've shared this a couple of times, that if I, if I feel genuinely about... If I was at any other club, I don't think I would have really made it because they showed incredible patience, and I wasn't thrown in the deep end. I had so much to learn. Um, so on the contract question, I still would have, I still would have stayed. Um in terms of the premiership, that's what we're all striving for. I, I'm, I think we can. Um, I think clubs have shown how how sort of fast that they could turn it around in Sydney and Collingwood. Or they had reasonably low expectations last year, Collingwood, and were able to exceed them. I think nearly you may have had them as a wooden spoon, or someone someone in the free realm did. Um, and Sydney, not too long ago. I think it would have been maybe 2018. We're down the bottom four, and now they're in a grand final. So, um, if we do it right, I do feel like we have the right people in the footy club to support us as a playing group. So, I think we're going to give ourselves every chance to to challenge once we get games into these young guys, and um, we become really predictable to each other. Two players that um, played really well on the weekend, John Newcomb, who had an exceptional year last year coming of age, and uh, James Warper, who probably had a, a down year, a quiet year last year. Um, both going to be very important for your midfield. Can you give us a few words on both of those boys? Yeah, it's good to see Warps um, back confident in himself again. Um, and Jai, obviously, broke onto the scene um, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last year. Um, yeah, two two really hardworking guys and, and really physical, and, and we love that. And um, Two other guys that are, are playing pretty well uh, are Cam McKenzie and Josh Ward. So I think having two real bulls in there really complements those other two guys um, who are really good users of the ball, So um, along with Will Day. So we're putting together a, quite a, a good midfield there. And... Um... A player that I'm impressed by is Mitch Lewis. You didn't see enough of him as much as we would have liked to last year, but when we did, he was exceptional. He he uh, he straightens you up and gives you a real target in front of the ball. When are we likely to see him back in the mix uh, this year? Yeah, it's created a great opportunity for Cozzy, though. Um, he's getting a lot of shots on the board at the moment, but he's not quite making them. But, yeah, Mitch has become an incredibly important player for us. Um, and another one of those guys that really... Uh, broke out sort of out of nowhere, so um, along with Dylan Moore. So being able to find those guys are pretty pretty handy, um, sort of late picks in the draft. But I think he's due to be back around round four or five. Um, yeah, we we do need him in the side. He's someone that's, that's really important. But on the other hand, we sort of don't really want to rush it 
Um, when he's right, he's right, but it's going to look like around, yeah, four to five. Mm. Denver Granger Barras is a, a player that had some injury concerns, pick six in 2020, but came in and just thought this this guy could be anything. Aggressive, tough, intercept defender, can play on someone, but he's stagnated for whatever reason, James. Why is that? Yeah, um, well, it's not through lack of effort. He, he's, he's someone that's really eager to learn and um, and loves loves his footy. Um, at the moment, there's just I suppose there's just so many backs at the moment that we're trying to squeeze in. Um, and Frosty's taken on more of a different different role this year. He's he's planning on playing a little bit smaller, so um, that's that's challenged the spot of sort of us playing on the small there for Denver. But I think we lose patience too fast mm. on guys that are really high draft picks, and um, I think it'd be unfair to criticise him um, so so early on in his career. Like he's only twenty one or something, so. I think he deserves a little bit more time and um, a little bit more patience. Yeah, I think absolutely he does. It was just more a question on, on what he would be working on and, and I guess your role in, in helping players like that, is he someone that you work closely with? Yeah, I do. He's someone that I work closely with when we discuss sort of body work and craft. He's going through um, sort of being able to play against bigger bodies than him and he, sometimes he's getting caught out with giving away some free kicks um, which can be frustrating for him and frustrating for the team so um, yeah we we regularly do sort of one-on-one craft contested marking sort of sessions and um, he's still he's still learning his craft and, um, and I'm still going to be there to teach him and help him along the way. Hawthorne skipper Denver Granger Brass, sorry, Hawthorne skipper James Sicily. We were speaking about Denver Granger Brass joining us on SEM Breakfast this morning, Bucks. James, what, um, I mean, obviously you'd you'd be bullish around going into the season. What what do you think is a reasonable expectation um, and expect, you know, for for your supporters and for your fans of what they're going to get from their team this year? Um, Yeah, no doubt there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be games where it's going to, potentially be not that good viewing but then there'll be games where like last year Easter Monday against Geelong where completely unexpected and we get a great result and a great win um, I, I'd like to think that we can back up last year's result um, and to be honest we we lost two games in one quarter last year where we conceded by 50 points in one quarter and all of a sudden we're looking at 10 wins and you're only one or two wins off playing finals. So I'd like to replicate last year's season with seeing some genuine progress um, in terms of how we want to play and the identity we are as a side that we want to become. Um, and then there's just so many new young guys that are ready to mm. ready to step up and play from the last sort of two drafts and really break out. So that's something that's really exciting. Hey, Bucks and I both sit on the All-Australian panel. Were you, were you dirty you missed out on the final 22 <laughs> last year? Yeah, I was. Who should, whose <laughs> position should you have taken? I don't know. Everyone there deserves to have their spot, no doubt. I think um, I think that's a really good answer. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's really pretty, good it's, answer. And oh, I can oh, tell you how difficult it is to squeeze <laughs> all of the great players in the competition oh, in, but you just keep doing what you're doing, mate. I'm really impressed yeah. with with your journey and how you're going along. And what I would say just just um, briefly before Kane wraps up, 
keep telling your story, mate, because it, it's powerful not just inside your four walls but externally. So that self-awareness is great. Good work. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good hour, Awesome there, James Sicily, Hawthorne captain, and you can see why. Now, Hawthorne have a huge game in round one. They take on Essen. It's their home game at the MCG. Uh, perfect time slot. It should be jam-packed. How many for that game at the G? Sunday, marquee slot. I don't know. What it be 65? Yeah, I reckon we, we could even push up higher than that. 65 to get 65-70 at the MCG would be perfect. Now, you can become part of the new breed at Hawthorne in 2023 and become a member today at hawks.team forward slash SEN. Uh, special membership offer if you join as a member by Tuesday the 7th of March, that's tomorrow, uh, you can receive a complimentary upgrade on your membership. And for the adults, buy three game general admission, get 11 games, GA, you can save $115. James Sisley, our guest. So Bucks' ladder is back. Now, this is the sliding scale that's used, Bucks, for each team. You want to quickly explain your method and how it works? Yeah, well, last year, um, about the same time of year, just thought, you know, what the, the worst season and the best season that, that each team could have. Because it's really hard to, um, to come to a definitive ladder, I reckon, because there's so many moving parts. But looking at this year, I've got, I've got a clear top four, I, I think, uh, Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney are clear top four. I, I think I have Geelong winning as little as sixteen, as many as nineteen. I don't think they can win less than sixteen. I mean, obviously they could, but I think that's mm. their spread. Melbourne, I have fifteen to eighteen. Brisbane, fifteen to eighteen. Sydney, fifteen to eighteen. So I, I think they're they're a clear top four in my eyes. I don't yeah. think I don't think anyone goes near those four teams. Bulldogs, Collingwood. Uh, I have I don't and I don't have the, the top eight changing too when I look at you know, balance of probabilities. I have Richmond as the probably the next most likely team. I think they'll be overs from their 13 and a half wins. I've got them 12 to 16. I've got the Bulldogs 11 to 16 games, so as little as 11, as many as 16. And that'll be that'll be up on their 12 from last year. And I have Collingwood and Fremantle sort of fill, filling the, the seventh and eighth spots. Um, but for me, both of those will struggle to get the wins that they got last year. Collingwood at 16... Um, they had nine games, that, you know, close wins. I, I think, you know, the balance of probability says that, the, that if they, they have not nine of those close games, that they won't win, not, won't be nine zip on that next year. Mm. And Fremantle, I just wonder which which one's turning up the the defensive mm. juggernauts of the first half or the or the second half that were actually a little bit leaky and and not really that, um, you know, not that effective. So, but I still have them in the top. That, that's their top eight sides that I have. Bucks' top eight, Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Richmond, Bulldogs, and Frio. Collingwood do you and do, Frio. Collingwood and Frio, sorry. Do you do the bottom? Yeah, I have. Team? And I've, I think the, 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 the sides that I think will contend for and, and challenge the bottom half of the eight, I think Carlton um, are, are going to be around the same. I think they're between about 10 to 14 wins. Port Adelaide, again, as I said earlier, I have them as, as little as 10, as many as 16, but I still think they'll do better than their 10 wins of last year. I just don't know how much better. And the, and a surprise, the, the big overs for me are GWS. I think they only won six games last year. I think they'll, they'll go as few as eight, as many as 14, and I think that they will be a real surprise to um, to most. I just think the talent level that they have and a, and a slightly um, fresh um, game plan that'll come. I think it's a little bit faster going forward, and I think GWS will be one to watch.
Did you give us your, your I might, real bottom of the yeah, barrel? Yeah, yeah. I, I might spread the spread the clips. I've got a bottom four, um, and that involves three of the new coaches. So I, I think that St Kilda, Hawthorne, Essendon, and North Melbourne will be the bottom four. St from, Kilda bottom four. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll finish. I've got them between 7 and 11 wins. I just can't see them getting anywhere near to the 11 wins that they got last year. I just think that And and, and I'm not talking about Ross Lyon's capacity either. He's he's going to be great copy this year. I I love – I've actually been able to spend a little bit – I've had a few chats with him over the last two or three months. I think he's 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 a funny guy. And he's obviously really passionate and got great capacity as a coach. But I just think that it's it's going to be bloody tough. It's going to be a tough season mm. for for the St Kilda. Um, well, I reckon that's a big story. I, I think that's a big story. Then, if and you know, I'm I'm not disagreeing with where they may finish. But if if you sack your coach three months after signing him and say that your list is better better than what it's shown yep. essentially. And if you say we don't want to get stuck in the six to ten zone, yeah, well, then you got to go down a, or up. So there's <laughs> a lot of egg on the face of those people that have made those decisions, and as the a, pressure that comes to bear on them will be a massive story this year. As I said to you last week, I don't see the change as immediate response. But to, I think to they the list. did at the time. Now, I, no, I, I thought it was. An, I thought it was comments. an excuse. I thought it was an excuse for for the hard call they made in saying that that coach isn't going to get us to where we want to be in three or four years' time compared to this coach. I think they've backed Ross Lyon as a coach over Brett Ratton as a coach over a, a, a medium term. Not not about what he's going to do in season 2023. I think it's about understand learning about the list, understanding about the list, where are the holes, what is the structure that we're going to put in around our game style, and how we're going to build that over the next three or four years. And I don't think it's about where they finish in 23 at all. I think it's about how they can use Ross Lyon's experience to be able to grow over the next couple to to, to fix the errors that they've made and the holes that they have in their list. And I think that mm. I don't think the club are under any illusions as to the challenge in front of them and that it's going to be more than a th- you know, three or four month fix. Hey, Matthew Nix said that Darcy Fogarty is the most drastic 12-month transformation in a player that he's seen ever. Yeah, I, I still, I see it. I, I still, I'm still not a massive believer. Like, it's, 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 he's won it, me over. I, it, he has? Gonna, okay. He, I've questioned him as much as any player, I reckon. It, mm. w- w- does he have the attributes to make it in the position that he plays? Um but since round 11 last year, he kicked 31 goals. Mm. Charlie Kern, I think, won the Coleman on 64. I reckon he can win the Coleman. That, that's, how, wow. that's how good. Well, he's kicked 31 in 11 games in a side that finished 14th. If he gets more opportunities and the ball movement improves, he doesn't miss at all. Like, he's probably the best set shot in the game. And I, I say that with any confirmation from any stats, but... The eye would tell you that he rarely, if ever, misses, and he can kick them from outside fifty. If if Adelaide have a good year, Darcy Fogarty can win can win the Coleman. So say that again. Hand up. I was I, I was wrong on him. Well, I think I think that Nick, to him, Maddie Nix's comments come off the back of obviously. I, I, mm. I would I can only read through that and say that maybe at the beginning of last year he was 
looking likely to be delisted because mm. that's about the that's about the type of footy he was playing. So for him to turn around and to have done what he's done in the back half of the year, and even yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to see how he comes together with that in that forward mix because it's all credit to him if he's been able to do it. But I'm still I can see the improvement. I, I, I need to see more of. Adelaide and more of him in this early stages of the year to to know exactly how this is coming about. They dropped him. He was playing back in the sample. I mean, that that's where he was at. And then they tried, okay, well, we'll play midfield. Is he a midfielder? Well, he wasn't. And now he just, he just looks super fit and, and more importantly, confident. Um, so that that was a, a pretty Jeez, We've given Adelaide a good run, haven't we, today? Well, we have. We have. But... I think that's okay, isn't it? We've got what a, do they think? This a, is SENSA. <laughs> We've got a big audience. We've got a big audience on SENSA in Adelaide. And I think out of all the winners of the weekend, I think Adelaide were worthy of, of some time uh, that yeah. we spent on them. 